bailarme enamorada No más de pensar en corazón De soñarme noche a noche Deño de tu amor Tengo el alma enamorada Muy enamorada, muy bien Si me das toda tu vida Yo te la doy by the good people at the Podbelly Network. My fellow Americans, we are fortunate to be alive. They need them to protect us from the number one killer in history. Protect us from the central university. A study on the lives of over 290 Everybody, welcome to episode 277 of the Iron Jacob Do America podcast. I'm your host in the place to be, Mr. Jacob P. And sitting right across from me is the brown recluse, Mr. I Tra- Mr. Art Trail. <laughs> Art, say hello to the million. The million. What the fuck is going on, guys? Go to cavemancoffee.com. Check out their entire inventory. They got the coffee beans. They got the hibiscus tea. They got the cacao butter. They got sweatpants. They got hats. You know, it's still fucking hot as hell. As I was telling Jacob, I was like, dude, it's hot as hell, dude. It's still hot weather out there. It's definitely not sweater weather, even though corporate America wants you to believe it. <laughs> uh, but if you do want to prepare, I actually did buy a sweater online. Really? Yesterday. I was stupid. I was like, it said limited quantity, and I was like, oh, I got to get it. <laughs> I could have waited. But uh, <laughs> but guys, go to cavemancoffee.com. Use promo code America at checkout to receive 15% off. Uh, tag yourself, tag us, tag them. It shows that you care. It shows that you listen. Um, and that's it. We don't really even get that much money out of it. I think we get like three cents for every like thirty dollars that you spend. So most people don't even spend thirty dollars there. <laughs> so I don't even know the math behind that. But we appreciate you still. Yes. So with that said, guys, make sure you check out our other sponsor, guys. I'm talking about the great, the powerful Nicole Smith Bosch's website, guys. I need everybody to head on over to SuperApparel.com where Nicole Smith Bosch has put together an illustrious line of merchandise for your consumption ple- pleasure. So head on over there, check out all the shirts and mugs and uh, fucking coffee tins, like anything that she has designed, she has put her design on a piece of merchandise that you can buy. So Halloween might not be around the corner, but uh, who says you can't fucking celebrate it a little bit early? Corporate America, sure. <laughs> According to Art, yeah. says you can't, you know, you don't have to wait till October to celebrate Halloween. You can do it in the fucking dog days of summer in August. So, uh, head on over to Supergirl Apparel, um, buy something great by Nicole Smith Bosch, put it in your cart, and when you go get ready to check out, goddamn, I can barely talk today, guys. Uh, enter promo code Art and Jacob, and Nicole will give you ten percent off your entire purchase. But guys. 
We're not here to stumble over our words and sound like words are hard podcasts. Guys, go to caveman. No. Yeah, we're talking about fucking sweater weather or fucking uh, Halloween, early Halloween. All right, what are we here to talk about today? Guys, we're here to talk about the life, the death, the pretty much that's it. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much the life and death of uh, Salino Sanchez. Salino? Or sorry. <laughs> God damn. Sorry, dude. <laughs> it, we don't normally record around this time. Chalino. Um, Chalino Sanchez. Rosalino what did I call him? Salino? Salino. I thought you were going right. to say Chalino. Salino. Chalino. Ciao. Have you heard his music before? I have. Um, I didn't know it was him, though. I just knew, like, the fucking songs. Like like which one? Nieves de Dinero. Or was that? Is that the one? You're asking me like I know. I don't know any of his songs, dude. Damn, really? And you're the fucking full Mexican one out of that, the two of us. Yeah, dude. Oh, what's your favorite Garth Brooks song, Jacob? With the thunder. No, I got Oh, good for you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> good for you, dude. Yeah. And I hate country. Yeah, so, yeah. You're asking me like I'm supposed to know this shit. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, um, yeah. Not, not for me, dog. No? No. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not bumping Chilino Sanchez. <laughs> <laughs> Me either, but you can't help but growing up on the east side of Bakersfield to hearing this music. Again, like I said, I, I've i heard his songs, yeah. but I just didn't know it was him. It'd be I'm, like, I'm sure I might have heard his songs somewhere, but like I don't know, dude. I don't have no idea. Dude, I loved his album covers, though, or like what I assume are his album covers, like just all his pictures, like Googling his pictures. It's like always like, it's like a non-aggressive like version of like, uh, like those death row album covers you yeah. know like they would be like super aggressive with like two pit bulls and a machine gun it's like that but like wipe all that shit off it's like him and then in a fucking like 1987 dodge dakota <laughs> that's generous i thought it was like a 76 like step side or whatever and it's got like it's like on a dirt fucking front yeah. lawn or whatever it's like taken by like a polaroid picture it's like not even good quality but it's got a shiny ass fucking it's pistol like fucking in desert hand. eagle dude it's like oh fuck <laughs> <laughs> this is the death row of fucking Sinaloa over like, here and oh, shit. I, I, I'm sorry. I thought I was I was here for the concert. <laughs> I didn't know like I was here for the solpes. Come yeah, on, man. I was like, what the hell, dude? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm Mexican, but I, I didn't grow up with this kind of music, dude. Like, like I was telling you, like, uh, like you know, most of my family comes from uh, Mexico City. Uh, I did grow up on the east side of Bakersfield, but like, I don't know who the fuck you were hanging out with, but like, you know, I grew up with like, like fucking. Ross. Cholos and like punk kids and like Ross, Coheed Cambria. <laughs> 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 like it wasn't like we were listening to nobody. None of my friends showed up with a Salino Sanchez CD. Salino like, or Chilino. Chilino. Sorry, I keep calling him. Uh, sorry, yeah. I, I none of us were like bump. Nobody. I've never encountered. I'm sure some like some like Mexican girl at Target maybe have brought him up once or twice, but like, it's not like I was like, oh, let me write that down. Check that out. Yeah. Put that shit right between the Mars Volta and, and fucking <laughs> Dr. Dre. Like, yeah, it's like, it ain't going to happen, dude. Like, it's just not for me, dude. I like the album covers. Put that shit in a shirt. I'll wear it. Okay. No problem. But like, yeah, not for musically, not for me, dude. No. Yeah. And I was thinking about my dad too. Cause I was like, did my dad ever listen to this shit? Cause like it, he kind of has like like everybody has like mm-hmm. an uncle that looks like this or a cousin or something yeah. like that, right? And like for the YouTube watchers, I'll put a picture up of all that shit or whatever, right? But it's always like the silk shirt with like the little bird chest yeah, hanging yeah. out and like all this like elaborate like 
14 karat gold like yeah, bracelets yeah. and whatnot and like the cowboy hat and all that shit like the mercado latino the, yeah will. it's very mercado that's another place i didn't hang out with but yeah. i i like i would assume if you go through like mercado latino they have all his like bootleg cds right there and shit yeah. you flip it over and like the cd's blue <laughs> it's like <laughs> yeah it's like that kind of thing but um yeah i, I know i even my like my parents didn't listen to that but like i have uncles that are like that like mm-hmm. on my mom's side of the family they're like all like from like Michoacan and stuff like that, so it's a little more, a little more uh, country, I guess, yeah. Mexican country. So, Mexican like, country. yeah, so like they, uh, they probably listen to that. But again, I didn't sit there and talk to my uncles about like their musical taste. Like, just not a conversation I've ever had in my in my life, and it ain't gonna happen now, dude. Yeah. So for all of our like non-Hispanic listeners or whatever, right? Because I'm sure like they know or know somebody or whatever that like knows about Chileno Sanchez. Go ahead and explain why why this is so interesting. Why this became a topic, <laughs> or if you will. Yeah, no, I mean, so I I felt like a, we cover a lot of true crime. I'm a fan of true crime. I think that a lot of the podcasts, a lot of the YouTubers that have covered this, always cover it from like a kind of like a whack point of view. And like, I didn't want to cover that. I wanted to cover this with the same like energy, the same point of view that we've covered other like mysteries and like missing people's cases and the murder mysteries and it's just like I just want to cover in a cool way like that this guy's never been covered the same way we did Nipsey Hustle, right like Correct. Nipsey Hustle had like its own episode where it's like we talked about the murder case we talked about this we talked about like weird things but it was it was uniquely Nipsey Hustle, and I wanted this to be uniquely Chilino Sanchez sorry I keep calling him not Salino Salino Sanchez maybe because his, his real name is Rosalino probably I don't know I don't know how people come up with Chilino that's another thing that's like um, I'm Mexican but I don't like nicknames dude and like I, I, I just don't dude like <laughs> nobody you don't, be, you don't want me to call you Artito yeah not, I never Mexican people from like Mexico City you don't get nicknames dude no like it's like that's that's how you were born in front of God. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's, that's a, that, that is a probably a more like Northern Mexico type of thing. Where like, okay. there's a lot of like nicknames and shit where it's like Mexico city. Like, fuck dude. Yeah. Don't I go don't against know. God. Fuck dude. Putting, I remember one time, this is a true story, dude. I shit you not. We had a dog. We had a, we had like a, a, a Shih Tzu dog growing up. <laughs> and like, um, my my sisters named him named him named her. It was a girl dog. They named her Pretty, which is not a name I would ever name a dog. Okay, but they named her Pretty, and like, um, uh, when we did like the registration for the dog or whatever, they wanted to name her Pretty, and they wanted to give her a last name, our last name <laughs> of Trejo. <laughs> and my dad was like, "No, <laughs> like, how dare you? That's like the most <laughs> sacred thing." Like, and like, I was like. Damn, like I never see my dad react to something <laughs> like that. But it is a very like not to say that like all people in northern Mexico don't give a fuck about their names. They'll be calling them like like whatever, like you know, I've heard like people call them themselves like if your name is Eduardo, they'll be like Lalo or whatever, you know, like Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like Mexico City ain't with that shit. That get out of here, dude. That's like when like Billy Bobs and shit like that like in like the shitty part of like the United States. Like they come up with names like that, but like you know, that's it's a little bit you gotta be a little more sophisticated. But yeah, like name and pride and that shit, like you can't name your dog the same you can't have the same you last name. You can't give as your dog, dog the last name last Hell, name. Like <laughs> it was just like dude, that was blasphemous, but anyway, sorry. To to move forward, 
Yeah, I'm not that familiar with his music, but I did want to do as much justice as we could and give him a proper... Because after all, this is the only podcast where you got one and a half Mexicans uh, on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so... <laughs> um, for, what, are, what are Jesus and... Uh, are they like Puerto Rican or something? Like Guadalajaran, which is Mexico. That's still Mexico. Uh, Central Honduras or some shit. What, he has curly hair. Is he Mexican, Jesus? I think so. He keeps posting those three gorillas. I assume that he was from some <laughs> kind of jungle territory. <laughs> <laughs> the jungle and that the predator came out like, of it. Are you from the jungle? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyways, uh, all right. So, all right, so let's who, get to it. What? Who is Rosalino Sanchez or Chelino Sanchez? Or? So, um, musician. Uh, that's what the majority of what we're going to talk about him is. Is the the big the bread and butter of him. Mm-hmm. Um, Rosalino Sanchez, born 1960. This motherfucker would have been old as shit by now. So yeah, just want to say, yeah. he has one of those Kurt Cobain things where he died young, died yeah. looking good. Yeah. You know what's one thing I do want to touch on later on is his son. I very little. I'd never heard anyone talk about his son, but his son equally kind of weird story. But um, yeah, I mean, R- Rosalino Sanchez Felix. Um, yeah, just musician, I guess. But trait really originally for a long time was a coyote like mm-hmm. transporting people from Mexico to the United States did that for many years as his upbringing I don't know if you want to talk about his youth that much I didn't find anything that interesting <laughs> well I mean the only thing you can talk about is like I mean he is from uh, the capital of Sinaloa which is Culiacan which I mean if you know anything about like that area like that is very much an area of Mexico where like the cartel is hot and heavy. I mean, for Pete's sakes, probably the biggest cartel, not named Pablo Escobar, but El Chapo, like that was his stomping grounds, was in Sinaloa. And I mean, that's pretty, I think that's actually where they did find El Chapo. And it, it's an area that very much endears itself to like the narco culture. Uh, El Chapo was seen basically as the Robin Hood of you know, his people or whatever, right? Like he was this billionaire that took from, you know, the rich United States or whatever, yeah, selling them some drugs or whatever, but, you know, would pay for like people's weddings or whatever. And basically what he was paying for was like people's silence. So like when the DEA, like the big bad, you know, Uncle Sam was going to come down on him or whatever, right? And they were looking for fucking, you know, somebody to be an informant down, you know, in, uh, uh, you know, Culiacan. Like they would be like, no, we don't know anything about El Chapo or whatever. So it's very much, and it's been like that for many, many years, even back to when, um, you know, alcohol was legal during prohibition. Like this is mm-hmm. how you get like that culture is just like, yeah, they were transporting tequila, you know, from, you know, Sinaloa up to, you know, the United States through Texas, through California, through Arizona and whatnot. So it's very much like an area like that is like a part of the culture, like the narco culture. And what Chilino Sanchez basically was, was he represented was a genre of Norteño music, which Art and I were talking about like on the Patreon, which is kind of like Mexican country music. Like you got, like when people think of like Mexican to me, like it's like, I don't want to say insulting cause I'm only half Mexican. So I can't get too fucking like offended by it. But like everyone always thinks like Mexican music is always just like mariachi or like that Norteño music where it's like a lot of tubas and accordions and whatnot or whatever. Right. And like, that's kind of like country music for like American music. Like you can't say all American music is country music cause you got so much variety out there. Same with like Mexican Music of Mexico. Like, there's a variety. There's rap. There's hip-hop. There's R&B. There's all sorts of shit. There's, like, fucking contemporary rock and whatnot. But, like, the aesthetic and, like, the uh, the stereotype of, like, Mexican music 
which, you know, it could be, you know, mariachi or Norteño music. This is what, you know, Chalino Sanchez was. Like, he was very much a Norteño uh, artist, but the caveat to that was it was called Narco Corrido uh, Norteño music, where it was like, it was very much kind of like gangster rap, where like the bulk and the majority of what he was talking about was like people like selling drugs, you know, the life and death of certain, you know, heads of the cartel and capos and, you know, drug transporters and uh, coyotes and whatnot. Just like that rough ass life, kind of like gangster rap, like like an N.W.A. or, you know, Dr. Dre or Ice Cube, if you will. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely is a rough life. Um, the There's actually a really good show on Netflix called Most Wanted where they talk about um, El Mayo and El Chapo. Like the two like figureheads of that town, um, and it's pretty interesting. Like a lot of people know know who uh, know who El Chapo is. Like El Chapo is definitely the more flamboyant. Like yeah. hung out with celebrities and got his ass caught um, for that reason. But uh, El Mayo is definitely like the brains of the whole thing. Where it's like, damn, dude, that dude is like, ain't no one ever like like you. I, apparently, there's like rules. Like you can't even say his name. Like if Anyone that works for him, you, you're not even allowed to say his name, kind of thing. It's it's crazy. Like, mm-hmm. but anyways, it's a good documentary. But that is the, the the lifestyle and the environment that he's growing up in. Correct. And so, like, knowing that that these are not like, this is not, you know, I think most people think that like Mexico is pretty rough, and it is. But these are like what your people are usually talking about when they talk about rough Mexico. It's like the movie Sicario. Yeah. Like <laughs> this is basically like the Bad Hombres. Yeah, this is this is like that area where it's like it's very much overran by this. It's like they pretty much th- like literally the this cartel went to war with the Mexican army and won. Yeah. And like that is Dude, like that's a rabbit hole. That's an episode in itself, because I went down that rabbit hole. We're like, well, it was something crazy, like, for, like, a few days. Like, they were lighting cars on fire. Yeah, they were, like, businesses. hanging people off bridges and things like that. And then the Mexican president came out and just said, you know what? I want peace. I don't want this anymore. Like All the release, like, one prisoner or some shit. Yeah. And uh, it it was just insane. I mean, that's, that's like, El Mago's, like, whole thing where it was, like, you guys are going to have to, like, release my son. From from American prison, that'd be like if fucking like they fucking like Donald Trump <laughs> when he gets like fucking convicted His or whatever. MAGA people are all the be MAGA like, people like they took Jacob hostage, dude. <laughs> <laughs> they hung him over the bridge over Haley Street. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's wild shit, man. Like I, it, it's it, it's it's hard to believe that that's real and it is real. Like that shit happened and not even that long ago and yeah. like. People don't really mess with the cartel and like people like because it is a kind of a Robin Hood type of thing where it's just like they do supply, you know, sometimes more than the the Mexican government does. Yeah. And like as long as you're loyal, as long as you're quiet and as long as, you know, whatever it is. One of the things that I, I was watching in that same documentary is like apparently if like the United States like DEA or FBI went into Mexico, like more than likely they would have to fly in. And as soon as they fly in, they have people at the airports that would like, like, damn, like you're you've been outed, like you've been spotted, like just because they know like you're coming, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's very hard to put like a, uh, like an element of surprise. Yeah, there's like the element of surprise is very hard to to do. Like, I don't know, it's fucking nuts. That that is like an element. We should, definitely a podcast in the making for an episode like that. 
very scary. I don't want to say anything negative about the cartels. Yeah, no. I was Respect. Wa- <laughs> in doing research for the, you know, Chilino or whatever, like they're like, YouTube would pop up in my algorithm like 11 year old gets decapitated for making fun of the cartel or whatever. So it's, uh, it's very much kind of like reminds me of like when we were talking about uh, like the Mongols or the Hell's Angels, like where it's like you don't fuck around with them because they will confront you. Yeah. Think, so. Yeah. And it's like, dude, imagine like the Hell's Angels, like the, the amount of like income and like whatever it is is like microscopic compared to like the cartel that's like running a country. Trillions of it's dollars. It's like it's ridiculous. Or even like an MS thirteen or something. Another topic, but I'm like, it's not trust me, I've thought about covering MS thirteen. It ain't probably gonna happen. <laughs> but like <laughs> Go check out Sofa King. They did an excellent job. Did on they that. really cover MS thirteen? Yeah, they sure did. Oh, good for them. <laughs> yeah. Check them out. Check that episode out. Yeah. Good Brad makes a bunch of racist comments. Go find him. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> really? They cover that episode? They I swear to God they did, dude. I gotta go find that episode. That is wild. Yeah. But uh anyways, now that you guys know the environment that he's in. Um Let's talk about like when his sister gets raped in nineteen seventy five, because this is uh, a turning point. <laughs> Why is that funny? It just kind of came out of nowhere. Dude, let's talk about when his sister got raped. Let's talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, but I say that because it's very much a turning point in his life, and it could be a reason why, you know, he ends up dead, you know, later on in his life. So uh, in 1960 or 1975, uh, his sister is raped by a man named El Chapo Perez. Now, it's not the El Chapo that you're thinking of, but another member of the Sinaloa cartel yeah. named El Chapo as well. So anyways... Uh, nicknames, dude. That's yeah, the yeah <laughs> <laughs> unfortunate side effect of that. So what Chapo means basically is like little man. So it's basically uh-huh. like, it was like this little dude uh, that brought disgrace upon you know the Sanchez family, and so um, everybody was pissed off. But you can't really do anything about it. And now that, that's the fucking the side effect of the cartel. Yeah, they might do some cool stuff like pay for somebody's wedding. But because they know you're not going to do anything because they can fight the fucking Mexican army and win, they know that they can rape someone's sister and get away with it because what are you going to do? You're going to war with the cartel? Yeah. Well, guess what Chilino Sanchez does two years later? He vows. He make There's, like, people that make, like, this, like, elaborate speech about, like, and I swear when I become a man, I will take vengeance upon the men who brought dishonor upon my family and shit. Like, he sounds like a fucking, like, samurai warrior and shit or whatever, right? So two years later... In, I guess uh, everybody, like, whenever the cartels party, like, everybody's partying as well. Because he, this, like, 17-year-old Chilino Sanchez yeah. is partying with the uh, fucking cartels. And so he finds out the man that actually raped his sister fucking gets a gun that he was presented with on his 17th birthday and pops that guy two times in the head and immediately goes on the run and hides out for two weeks in the mountains of Sinaloa for two weeks. And he says like, he just started running and he didn't stop running until he fucking now again, this is like all fucking cheese man or whatever. Didn't stop running until he got to fucking Tijuana. I'm pretty sure he stopped running, but um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that is kind of like where the, the legend begins here. And unfortunately, I mean, that's a total tragedy. I'm not, when I was laughing, I didn't mean to laugh at, you were laughing at me. At, not at with the me. rape. It was just like, Let's talk about his sister getting raped real quick. It's like, uh, all right, cool transition, Jacob. <laughs> but, but, uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it is tragedy that kind of starts this fire here. Yeah. And so now that you've have this man on the run, and you know, kind of a man with nothing to lose at this point, because he's Correct. not going back to Sinaloa. It's no. just not happening. The cartel owns this town. He's a wanted man. Like you're, you're, you're gonna be, you're gonna be 
people are going to be gunning for you, basically. Uh, so basically, at this point, he's at Tijuana. He he kind of takes up this role of becoming a coyote, mm-hmm. basically transporting people f- from Mexico to the United States illegally. A, a lot of time, and that's another man. So I, I don't want to paint him as as some kind of hero, yeah. Because I do think that the the coyote role is usually a very fucked up role that is just like usually very abusive to people that are like their life savings to like give to this person so they can get transported over. And it's the other symptom of the cartels. Like here you have these people not only escaping poverty, but escaping like the violence of fucking the cartel or whatever, right? Like you got probably a lot of people in there where their sisters or their moms or their aunts or grandmothers have been raped by the cartel or their brothers have died and whatnot. So they're escaping that and they're going to the land of milk and honey you know, if you will, yeah. you know, to, you know, start another life. They're not all bad hombres. And here you got a lot of people, like Art was saying, like these coyotes that, you know, they might take care of them and get them, you know, over, you know, the border to, you know, in LA or to a fucking, I guess, Chicago. I guess they go all the way up to Chicago yeah. and Minnesota and shit like that. But then a lot of times too, you have people just as shady fucking raping these women and, or taking advantage of the, taking their money, taking yeah, all their I life mean, savings. One of the, one of the things that gets swept aside and maybe because I do watch like Mexican news and maybe it doesn't get reported on like Don Lemon or whatever his name is <laughs> like talking about this. Surely but, not on Tucker Carlson. Yeah. Like Tucker Carlson is definitely not like America and alert. We found another like, you know, like, truck full of like dead immigrants that were smuggled just happened a couple months ago and it happens and it happens again and again and again this is this is because these coyotes a lot of them are just not good people i don't want to point at point at him and be like this guy was an asshole but like it is kind of like a very it's kind of like a pimp like (laughs) well he's out there protecting prostitutes or whatever the reality is like they're usually in like a kind of a slavitude kind of Mm -hmm. thing is that a word Servitude, servitude. I yeah. can, I can and combine slavitude, slavitude. Google it. It's a real word, dude. Yeah. Uh, but it's like, it, it does kind of like, I don't want to say rape, but like, kind of like financially, emotionally rape these people of like what they have. Like they're basically treated like cattle, mm-hmm. like stuffed into like these very small compartments and hope you survive. And it's it's terrible. It it is a terrible thing. And and he did it for a lot of years. I don't want to present with him. his brother. Yeah, yeah. And I, so I don't want to present him as like he's a American hero, Mexican hero. Yeah, living the uh, Mexican American dream kind of thing. Because that's a very terrible thing to be doing. Correct. And I'm just. And I mean, there's problems. And with I'm sure the, he's not doing it for fucking like uh, stewardess, stu- like public stewardness or whatever, right? Or what's the word? Fucking um, Stuart Little. no like would you do something uh public servitude public uh, i i think i know what you're saying uh yeah it starts with a sorry guys like i'm fucking i'm beat or whatever right no no worries but um yeah he's not doing it for fucking intrinsic value i guess Uh, to pivot away from very well put yeah yeah he's not doing it for the out of the goodness of his heart or whatever right uh, he's do- very much doing this because he's on the run and he has to make some kind of living. He also is, too, is an illegal immigrant. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, he does that with his brother Armando. Uh, also, too, you know, he's up and down f- between Oregon. And I even saw people sh- have him pinpointed in Fresno and Bakersfield as well, uh, also working oh, in the Oh, yeah. Oh, I almost guarantee you he was here, like, yeah. working playing the places field. like Aldo's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but like working the fields and stuff like that, but just doing whatever he had to do to survive at that yeah. point, right? You're wanted by the fucking cartel, but at the same time, 
you got to eat a little bit too, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure, yeah, whatever he could do to make a quick buck, work in the fields, selling drugs and whatnot. Uh, but he does finally um, settle down in, and this is where to me, like there's a lot of parallels between like gang, like late eighties gangster rap yeah, yeah, and yeah. his life. He kind of settles in South Central LA, in particularly Inglewood, California. Yeah, I mean, this is a this is an area of Los Angeles that is very like I won't say immigrant friendly, but immigrant affordable. Correct. And I think a lot of like people of color, like it's it's very well known as like a black town, Mexican town, like it. Mm-hmm. So like you have a lot of these people that are coming to this area, and just there to survive. And he's basically still doing the fucking coyote thing, but now backwards, like from the United States, like living in the United States now, but like coming in and out of the country, like transporting people and it, and you're right he was taking other like little like roundabout kind of jobs like he was like a handyman for a while too and like he mm-hmm. he like dabbled in like mechanic work and didn't work out yeah uh so it was just like he was doing little things maybe he was trying to be like you know what it's kind of a fucked up thing like you know or he might have just been like i don't want to get caught that, i kind of like it in the united states yeah because you got to think about it if you're wanted by the cartel you can't just fucking like all right i'm gonna work the kitchen at mcdonald's and yeah. like this is where the cartel's <laughs> gonna find me fucking you know from nine to five you okay. know monday through friday and shit like you, you're gonna want to move around you're gonna gig it around right so that's yeah. so gonna make it hard to be pimple yeah i know that chelino sanchez yeah, yeah. He, he made the meanest big mac you know what i'm saying yeah <laughs> so like like do you do you, yeah cartel have people with wieners that's so for sure dude yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Duh. at fucking in early march i'm pretty fucking sure yeah. of that shit yeah that, that tommy's bird in oh. downtown LA, the famous one. Yeah, the t- I guarantee you, there's fucking cartel people working there. Yeah, for they got sure. Tomas working there. Yeah, the Tommy. <laughs> it's yeah, Tomas. He's, yeah, he's there, dude. Tomas El Chapo El Gutierrez. <laughs> oh damn, dude! <laughs> <laughs> Putting names out on yeah. blast here, bro. Damn, dude. Uh, but anyways, uh, he, it was around this time too. He meets like the love of his life, uh, Mars. Uh, Mar- Maricela. Uh, he has, like Art said earlier, he has a son named Adon, as well as you know uh, a daughter named Cynthia, whatnot. But he's still working around with his brother, or whatever you know, smuggling people over the border and whatnot. Um, and while he's doing this, um, his brother uh, is shot by somebody he knows uh, in his Tijuana hotel room, and I, I, nobody's been able to pinpoint who, what, when, why, or how. Uh, that, you know, he gets arrested during this exact same time period. Maybe, you know, he hears of his brother getting shot, travels down to Tijuana, to, you know, to investigate or whatever. Because like Art said, it's not like he was like an outstanding person or whatever. There's rumors that he also was working for a rival card sale, was actually working for, you know, Don Rigoberto Campos at this time or whatever, right? Like when mm-hmm. he was selling like little pieces of drugs or whatnot, right? So maybe he went down to Tijuana and then got picked up for whatever he was wanted for in Tijuana. But he spends some time in a Tijuana jail. And this is how his life, again, takes another turn. So while he's in jail, uh, he's listening to all these stories from people who were locked up. Uh, you know, a lot of, you know, cartel stories, a lot of, you know, you know, human trafficking stories, a lot of this, that, and another, whatever. And a lot of times they would these people would tell these stories and you'd always have like some guy again, it sounds like a Robert Rodriguez movie. Like it always like there was like somebody in the the background playing guitar like that. <laughs> and then Chilino, how he kind of got like his comeuppance in prison was just like they would start to tell a story and like he would like write lyrics to those story and kind of make it into a what they call a corrido. And it basically would become the story of, uh, let's just make it up, like Don Vito Corleone or whatever, right? And he'd basically make a whole song basically detailing like the rise and fall of the Godfather. Yeah, that that is kind of weird. Like, can 
can you think of like a contemporary artist that does stuff like that? Obviously, like you have like Bob Dylan and this shit like that too. But like, yeah, it's definitely an art form that like doesn't doesn't like jive well with me because it's like, <laughs> isn't that like that's the whole Coheed and Cambria thing where they're like telling a story of like a brother and sister that fall in love and shit. <laughs> it's like basically. Basically, Cohen and Cambria, there's like narco corridos, dude. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, but I mean, that's the bread and butter of that genre. Like, it's very much, it's like the Norteño music with like with the tuba and the yeah. accordion or whatever, right? Uh, but, you know, basically, it's storytelling. Yeah. And uh, one podcast that I was listening to, a lot of these people, like, they want their stories heard, but they don't want to put in, you know, like a storybook format or like on a, on a blog on Reddit or whatever, right? And, it the way they said it, it it sounds kind of fucked up but i guess it's true but they didn't want it in that format because you're dealing with a lot of illiteracy if you put it out there in their mind you know how they grew up like not a lot of people are going to be able to see it because they're not going to be able to read it so the way you get your story told and passed down through generations is through a song and so a lot of these prisoners they would they would pay chilino to write this basically the the story of their life in you know corrido format yeah, I mean, it's kind of like bragging about people's lives. A lot of it's like, Jacob works for the CIA or whatever. <laughs> like, I'm trying to think of like something. <laughs> like it was, and it adds a little bit of like braggadocious type of things where it's like again a lot like gangster rap. Yeah, where it's like it's not 100 percent true. It's like yeah. Jacob, I bet Jacob didn't fucking kill his I, penis I, was down <laughs> to his ankles. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, dude, I bet Jacob didn't kill ten people last week dude. <laughs> with his penis. But was like, did Jacob really shoot jizz? And his jizz has bullets in it. Yeah, it looked like the snake from Beetlejuice, like the sandworm. It came up out of the sand and yeah. it decapitated someone. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah it's just kind of like it's it's a little bit, but but people dug it and like that's what got his name out there in prison. People started requesting, and once he gets out, he's like, people start requesting, like, "Hey, can you just do one for me? Yeah, can you can you do can you do one for my brother? It's for a gift." And then all of a sudden, he was the hot name. Yeah, I heard something that he went from like requesting like sixty tapes to like he had to like double it and do like hundred and eighty tapes or something. And I know that's not like double. Three hundred. Parts math is a little off. But but um but just like he he would go to like uh, swap meets. Mm-hmm. And like the Compton swap meet, and like go out there and with his tapes, and then just like pimp them out, and like literally they were like flying off the shelves and all these swap meets because people were just and not only swap meets, but like he would put them like in bakeries and butcher shops and fucking the tire shop or whatever. Just picture if you're from if you're listening from Bakersfield locally, just picture like Nile Street yeah. or like every other corner, like you got a bakery, a butcher shop, and a tire shop or whatever, yeah. right? Like you would have his tapes like in like the front desk of all of those places. Like instead mm. of his business card, like he would have like one of his like. Fucking <laughs> Kinko's printed fucking you know albums or cassettes out there. Dang, or that guy's holding a fucking Desert Eagle by that Dodge, the 90, <laughs> 92 Dodge Dakota. <laughs> yeah, and it was again, it was flying off the shelves. Yeah. But the major point, like Art was saying, is like in swap meets the, around this time. We're talking about like eighty five, eighty six. This is how like a lot of like L A artists were being heard. Because you got to think like eighty five, eighty six. If your name wasn't like Prince, Madonna fucking boy george or like some like big mtv name or whatever like radio was not gonna play you especially mtv mtv wasn't gonna play you or whatever right and so the way like a lot of local artists like would get their comeuppance again to make another you know you know uh you know combination with like gangster rap or whatever was to sell your stuff in swap meets and that's how dr dre 
and Ice Cube hooked up is like Dr. Dre was DJing at the fucking SWAT meets or whatever with the world class wrecking crew. Yeah. Ice Cube very much doing the exact same thing that fucking Chilino Sanchez was, was like writing about, you know, drug dealers in his neighborhood and like dope man, dope man, gangsta, gangsta, boys in the hood or whatever, right? And so then they came together or whatever and they started selling their stuff at the Slauson and Compton swap meets or whatever, right? Same place as Chilino was selling them. And then there was this one drug dealer that you may or may not have heard of named Easy E. What he was doing is, is he wanted to like transit or basically launder his money into a more uh, legit business, which he, he wanted to be his record company, which was ruthless. He would buy up anything, like anything that was popular, like in the swap meets. Like, so he'd go to stall to stall or whatever. He'd be like, Hey, what's selling? Oh, it's these guys named, you know, Dr. Dre and ice cube. Like they're selling really hot right now. And then what he would also do on the other tip of it or whatever that doesn't, you know, get into the straight out of Compton movie, he would buy all of Chilino Sanchez's fucking tapes as well. And then resell that stuff too. So that's like a story that I found out. I was like, dude, that's fucking badass. Like, because there is a lot of fucking bleed over with like, you know, the fucking West Coast gangster rap that's happening at this time and Chilino Sanchez's story. But it was that hot that people were willing to rebuy, you know, Chilino Sanchez fucking dub tapes or whatever from Easy E, like that would have been like $2 at the fucking bakery or whatever, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> Your Reha over here yeah. and Easy E selling it for $10. People were just gobbling it up and it went from like 10 tapes to fucking 10,000 tapes. Yeah. What did you say right now? <laughs> <laughs> you said something, something the bakery and then did you say Oreja? Yeah, the fucking little okay. cookie thing. Just yeah. wanted to make sure that's what you said. I wasn't sure what you said. <laughs> I, was, I I thought you said that, and I was like, "How does he know about that?" <laughs> but half it, Mexican, but, boy. Uh, half Mexican. But anyways, um, yeah, I mean, he becomes Put some mayonnaise on that shit. That shit he, delicious. He's yeah. He see he starts becoming more and more popular. He starts getting requests to do venues. Mm-hmm. He basically starts doing like living the living the the small dream, kind of Southern California. Traveling the up and downs of, of Southern California, playing quinceaneras. Yeah. Play, like, people were just, like, full-on requesting, like, can you do one? Like, literally taking requests and, like, freestyling these, like, corridos about, yeah. you know, oh, Jacob, Pickstein, Bieber. <laughs> you know, just stuff like that. He really likes orejas. Me gusta la mayonesa. Yeah, just stuff like that. I should do that dude i should start writing it i didn't know there was a market in this. <laughs> i'm gonna start like fucking hamming it up wearing fucking cowboy hats with a desert eagle by a 92 dodge dakota dude i could do just this. borrow one of my neighbor's trucks and shit just go stand there with like my belt buckle all the way up to my nipples <laughs> like, <laughs> it says Kern county on yeah, it and shit Kern county fair <laughs> oh dude i'm gonna be playing the Kern county fair at the at the, the latino shop. stage yeah dude <laughs> you have yeah. a shot bro yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah anyways so i mean maybe didn't talk about mayonnaise but he was he was he was starting to come up with like some good some good storytelling techniques here and like just blowing up traveling up and down kind of joked about how he may have played bakersfield at the aldo's aldo's if you don't know about like our local setup here in other words people in like fucking norway listen to us but like there is a small nightclub here in Bakersfield that maybe during Halloween we'll cover because it's funny, <laughs> but uh, but people always tell this one story about Aldo's how there's like the the devil showed up on a busy like Saturday night and like was dancing with the girl and then like everyone saw that he had like hoof feet or something and then like disappeared and like everyone ran out of the club once he like disappeared, but uh, it's just kind of like bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> but um. 
the but he was playing those types of nightclubs like mm-hmm. that that's the type of thing like you know like the 200 300 size nightclubs where like there's probably like one bouncer and the bouncer's drunk as fuck he's barely checking people mm-hmm. so like he's you got can, one bullet in the chamber or like in the gun and yeah, shit yeah 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 so like i don't know dude like he was just like like playing some sketchy places it's probably surrounded by sketchy people like mm-hmm. you know like similar to gangster rap that's a great like comparison because Gangster rap people, like, were hanging out with dudes that were, like, gangster street people. Correct. And he still had that in, in, environment in him, right? The, his, his road crew was still that. His, like, bandmates. His bandmates were actually, like, pretty Legit cut and dry. People, yeah, yeah, like, they were actual, like, musicians, musicians. Yeah, like, Nacho Hernandez, I guess. Like, he's, like, a fucking virtuoso, like, on the accordion and yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. There's a whole story about, like, the, the accordion that he gave him and all this shit. Oh, wow. Yeah, there's, like... That was like its own little story. Apparently, like, like he gave him like the, the the accordion, like the most like beautiful accordion ever, and all this shit. And he's like, and I played it, and then he sang it. And he started singing about mayonnaise. And <laughs> <laughs> it was good. It's it's good. This is the best stuff I heard since Coheed and Cambria. <laughs> but like, yeah, no, I mean, it, it was it was some pretty like interesting stuff. I can only imagine. Like, do you remember Bakersfield in the nineties? Like, it felt like a really small. Correct. De- desert yeah. town. I can only imagine like a dude like this rolling into town and like fucking like it is a very like farm worker community here. Correct. So yeah. um just lighten it up. And what's craziest too, like that has to be mentioned. Yeah, like his band was was badass and he was good at writing his songs apparently or whatever. But he had a really bad voice. Like across the yeah. board. Everyone was talking about like how Forgot bad his, that, his yeah. singing voice was. And, like, he would, like, I guess start off all of his shows where he says, like, I don't sing, I bark. And people were gravitated toward that. It kind of reminds me of, like, Ozzy Osbourne. Like, Ozzy Osbourne can't sing, but, like, there's something that, like, for me personally and millions of others or whatever, maybe not you, but they, like, are gravitated toward There's something about it. And they would always talk about, yeah, he wasn't a good singer, but, like, you you appreciated, like, the emotion that he put behind his 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 words and, like, how he said things and, like, the slang that he would use. It was very just uniquely him that a lot of people would imitate later on, but could never duplicate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean like I, I don't hate Ozzy or anything like that. I just, I just think some of his music is like, like, was it crazy train? Like, yeah. cr- like when you listen to crazy train, it's like all like millions of people living as fuck. It's like, so like happy. Like I can, it, it, it could be like on a fucking Dr. Pepper commercial or something like that. Like, <laughs> It just, in my opinion, it has an eight for as like dark and goth as he like comes across. It's like that band Ghost. Yeah. Like Ghost is like I'm sure people that like Ghost like really love Ozzy and that sort of thing. And there's a market for that. Don't get me wrong, but it's just like, dang, that this is like super. And I know he's like, Mama, I'm coming home. Like it's just that's my only thing. It's not even like the message is like he's a he's a fine person i guess there's no i'm not trying to talk shit about i'm not trying to convince you that he's not good but you think okay like dio who very much could sing like he like had a voice of i know what you mean yeah and then with easy like easy didn't have a great voice oh not at all he couldn't even really rap per se but like there's something that draws you into it right it's just it's the presentation of it yeah and i feel like that's that's perfect you know that was his big saying of like I don't sing, I bark, but people like it. Mm, and yeah. it's just like, it, it's very like, oh, dang, that's badass. When I heard that, I didn't even know he said that. But like when in researching this, apparently like he would say that a lot. And like it was just like, dude, that's like 
that's some spicy shit to say. Like, get that. That's like, that gets the people going, dude. Yeah, it's like that gets the pit going in circles, dude. <laughs> like <laughs> the corrido pit. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> Jacob, le gusta la mayonesa. La mayonesa <laughs> is the hidden valley. Bailing, <laughs> bailing. <laughs> There's art bark in All there. Right, sorry. But um apparently though, like he didn't want to sing. Like that wasn't like his like calling. He said like he just wanted to be the writer, right? Like he just wanted to ghostwrite all this shit yeah. and give it to other artists. And I guess like there was um like when he started to record, uh there was a band called La Los Cuatros de la Frontera. Like they went to record at this uh local studio and like I guess they kept fucking it up. Like they yeah. like the way he had wrote it, like in his mind, like there was a specific way, like how it should have been saying or whatever. And like the producer was like, Okay, you gotta do this and this or whatever. Again, like his voice is just uniquely him- himself. And like in his mind he like had a very specific way of how everything should should go. Like the inflection of voice go up and down and whatnot. And they just could not nail it at all. And so he said, you know, fuck it, I guess I'll sing it myself. And I guess he sang like 14 or 15 songs. Like he had it all laid down or whatever, like in four hours. Like he got it all like thrown down and within 15, 15 songs within four hours or whatever, which I guess like in a recording process is like unheard of, right? Like you might get one song done like within a week, right? Perfected or whatever. But he didn't care. Like he was like, here, I already have it mapped out in my head. This is how it's going to be. Boom, boom, boom. 15 songs is your first CD and whatnot, right? Mm-hmm. And so like, again, like Art was saying, like the, the shit was like flying off the shelves and it started to take um, uh, notice like within the community and I guess like a Pedro Rivera. Like, are you familiar with like, you know, no. uh, him? Like he's the dad of like Jenny Rivera and I guess like all of his kids are like very popular uh-huh. uh, in, uh, you know, that genre of music or whatever. But like I guess he had like a small uh, recording studio in Long Beach called Sintes Acuario. And uh, basically like what his mission was was just like there is like there there is an you talk about an audience like there's an audience for this music, but our artists can't get in there because it costs so much to record. Like there's like when we had Aaron North on, he was talking about like the studio that like Metallica went to record in. Like it literally costs like thousands of dollars just to do one day of fucking recording or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. You're talking about a dude that's still very much like, you know, you know, working in the fields or, you know, you know, washing dishes or, you know, going down to fucking Tijuana to fucking have to be a coyote or whatever, like just to fucking put make ends meet to get your art out there. Like it's going to be almost impossible to record anything because it costs so it's so expensive. But I guess what Pedro Rivero did, he was just like, Hey, I own this studio somehow, some way I came upon this studio, whatever. And I was able to put together, you know, a, a, a space where all these artists can put down their tracks for cheap. Hmm. Uh, that Jenny Rivera one is, uh, that's, that, that, that's probably a podcast episode in itself. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know that they were, Tied together that way. Yeah, and they kind of came up with, <clears throat> I guess, because I, I mean, narco corridos. Like I said, like they that's always kind of like been a thing since like the like twenties and thirties, like when prohibition was a big thing. But like it would be very like romantic about how they would talk about you know smuggling t- <laughs> fucking tequila, you know, across the border or whatever. But what they came up with it was called corridos prohibidos, where basically like it it was gangster rap. Like yeah, you had. You know, like Run DMC, you know, back in the day, talking about hard stuff like iced tea, like six in the morning, you know, feds at my door or whatever, right? Like it was very 
tame. It wasn't until like NWA came out where it was like very graphic. Where it was just like straight up like fuck the police. Like you know I got my fucking gun. I'm fucking shooting this fool and whatnot. Right. Yeah. And this is like where it became like it was like very romantic talking about the story to where it was just like oh okay this is where it gets explicit and then like I said that's where they come up with this genre called corridos por rubidos. Yeah, man, your Spanish is so good, dude. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> half, but, uh, half, half, but, uh, baby. But uh, yeah, no, I, I, I mean, definitely the the, the stardom of him uh, is what does him in, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I, I think that obviously we're gonna talk about the big thing that you'll find on YouTube if you Google him. A lot of people call it the Death Note, but but the the prelude to that is really a, a concert that he does in Coachella mm-hmm. uh, where basically he's he's playing the hits, right? And mm-hmm. he's just basically like, does anybody have any requests? Which is kind of like a ballsy thing to do. Like that's like freestyle rapper level kind of thing, Correct. right? Yeah. Like, he's going to freestyle rap like some shit. Apparently there was a dude there that was like drunk as, drunk as fuck. Dude, my, my computer's acting all up. I wish I had that guy's name. Here. Oh, Eduardo Gall- Gallegos. A- Eduardo Gallegos. Uh, is all drunk as fuck. He, uh, he like, basically starts, like, becoming, like, a, a nuisance to him while while he's doing this shit. Yeah, he's basically doing, like, that move, like, where you, like, that, that drunk guy move where, like, play Freebird, and you're, like, at a Slayer concert or whatever. Yeah. And he keeps shouting at him, like, play Gallo de uh, Sinaloa or whatever, yeah. right? And he, like Chilino's like kind of like brushing him off like nah 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 not not yet like kind of thing I got to yeah. play this song first or whatever right but he is taking requests yeah. and the guy's getting pissed off because Chilino keeps fucking shrugging him off and shit yeah so then this uh, fucking gun battle ensues <laughs> like it literally sounds like something out of a fucking movie dude yeah Robert Rodriguez again yeah. where like the two both of them from the fucking stage he's like shooting into the crowd. <laughs> and the the dude is like shooting back at him. The and it, dude jumps on the stage, right? Like after like he gets shrugged off by Chilino, shoots Chilino two times in the chest. I guess one bullet like pierces his lung, uh-huh. and then I guess another bullet like hits like Nacho like in the leg and whatnot. And then like Chilino just like straight like from his like pitcher or whatever like that, that Desert Eagle whatever like Art says yeah. starts shooting like <laughs> all out like get the Dodge Dakota ready. <laughs> we gotta get out of here, guys. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's shit, shit hits the fan very quickly and it's, it basically turns into like a fucking, like just some crazy madness shooting. I I can only imagine, dude, like that shit would be front page news if like an artist today, like pulled a gun out and even at a local level or some shit. Yeah. Even, yeah. Even like local level, like Ben's band, like, oh, Ben pulled the gun. (laughs) (laughs) Started shooting. Someone tried to fucking steal Ben's fucking McDonald's gift card. (laughs) Ben fucking pulled out a fucking Glock (laughs) from his base. Started fucking capping fools and shit. Yeah. Oh dude, man, don't do that, dude. But, um, (laughs) Yeah, no, it was pretty intense shit, and this becomes known as the uh, Coachella incident, mm-hmm. right? Which is, like, funny thing to me is, like, when I think of Coachella, I always think of that, like, shitty music festival. It's, yeah. like, this overpriced music festival. Yeah, and we're not talking about that either. He wasn't uh, playing Coachella, Coachella. Like, dude, he was it, playing, it, like, some janky-ass fucking bar, like, in the middle of the desert before fucking Tupac's hologram shows Dude, up. I wish that shit would happen at Coachella, dude. Like, that would spice it up, dude. Fucking Not art fucking talking about domestic terrorism. Uh, fucking spicing it up, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if, like, I'm trying to think, like, you know, they had, like, fucking something. I'm trying to think, like, Daft Punk. <laughs> Some, like, shitty, like, Daft Punk band comes up there and they're, like, <laughs> start shooting into the crowd. <laughs> it's like, goddamn, dude, Daft Punk finally fucking 
they talked about it before, man, but they they finally did. They they're finally killed their life. audience. They're about that life. And yeah. Shit. yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it wasn't that, but um, um, they definitely like at this point that becomes like he becomes a household name because everybody starts knowing who he is, and it's it's kind of weird. It, this is kind of like Nipsey Hustle to me because or Tupac. I think this is a little more like because Tupac was already well known for a long time, but well, I think this guy like really blew up. Like he went from his underground days to like that really put him on the map. Mm-hmm. Like similar to like Nipsey Hussle's like last album where he was like his music was like like big. Like he all of a sudden went like put out his biggest album and died when his biggest album came out. Mm-hmm. This is kind of like dying when you're like at the top. Like this would be like if Kurt Cobain died right when Smells Like Team Spirit was number one on the Billboard charts. Yeah. The only thing is, the reason I say Tupac is, is like they both got shot and lived to tell about it, kind of thing. Like it, this happens like at the beginning of the year, nineteen ninety two, or whatever, uh-huh. right? He's in the hospital and whatnot, and basically, like Art was saying, like he get, he gets shot because the, the whole like all of his records before that is basically talking about how badass he was. Like there was whisperings of like, oh yeah, he he he's with the narcos or whatever. Like he he's the he's the muscle behind all that shit. Like you saw that fucking Dodge Dakota he was standing by. Mm. Like he's not to be fucking messed around with, eh? Those are expensive trucks. They're like twelve thousand dollars. <laughs> 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 Which in the nineties that cars were probably like that price. I don't know. Yeah, I was a child. I don't remember. Yeah, you gotta finance that shit. <laughs> but um but like it went from being like a studio gangster to like, oh shit, like he he's really about that life kind of like Tupac like where he gets shot you know in that studio in New York and it takes him to that whole other level where like the next song you hear from him he's he's doing California Love like he's doing Hit Him Up and whatnot, and it just takes him to a whole other fucking you know stratosphere and you start to see like records just flying off the shelf at this time because he gets shot he lives to tell about he actually kills somebody in the audience like that doesn't get talked about as well like I was reading the article yeah he killed someone and that what's crazy is is the guy that jumped on stage actually gets fucking charged with that murder even though Chilino was the one that shot and killed that guy and fucking you know it's that like everybody like art was saying like on the top 50 or the top 10 favorite rappers episode it's just people are just drawn to bad guys here's this guy he was a coyote he he literally we do know for sure he murdered you know his fucking sister's raper rapist in Sinaloa and shit and here he is in doing a fucking gun battle like at one of his concerts and shit and actually kills somebody, gets yeah. shot himself in the lung and survives to talk about it. And like people are just, again, just drawn to bad guys like that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, this definitely puts him like, you know, early 90s, you're only, the internet wasn't around. So everything had to be either through like radio and then that podcast you sent me talked about like, um, like cheese man right i mean it was like word of mouth like you know yeah. people it was a lot of word of mouth shit but like it was on the radio people talked about it on the radio people talked about it on like the mexican television shows the primer impactos or whatever was going on at that time yeah um so like because it was it was it was so popping like this dude was like literally like the hottest thing like everyone who went to check out his music now like mm. Like this is like what it draws people into like the NWA is like I want to listen to this dude, this music's banned like I want to listen to that music, so like the fact that he's at this at the height of his like musical like hypeness I guess leads into like the following week where like his concert is like well it's a couple months later oh so sorry this, it's like two months later sorry so like this hap- the Coachella thing happened in January and then May fifteenth of the same year that's 
when this happened. Yeah, so oh May fifteenth, dang, that was a long time. Well, For some reason I thought it, it was like two months. But yeah, he did get shot in the lungs. So. His lungs had to heal, sir. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh fast forward to May fifteenth. Um and th- this is really the one this is like the you know, the the creme de la creme of the story here. But May fifteenth, fast forward, he's playing another pack night, right? Mm. He's got he's all decked out in his like, you know, gangster cowboy outfit. He got the Dodge Dakota parked outside. <laughs> um <laughs> He's almost done. He's only like four more payments, and he's done, dude. But <laughs> he's he's ready to go. He's 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 playing this show, right? The audience is there. His band's ready to go, and you can find footage of this. Someone hands him a note. In the video, it almost just looks like an arm hands him a note. I guess later down the line, you can see it. Some people speculate that you never see the person's identity, and I guess that's true. You never the identity yeah, we don't know of who it was, yeah. yeah, the identity of that guy has never been revealed. Who hands him that note? But he, you see him receive a note. He opens it up, and I will say this. Every time you see footage of him or anything like that, he never looks like this. No. But his demeanor completely changes. Mm-hmm. He's like, like jovial and shit, and then all of a sudden it just goes from night to day, day yeah, to night. It basically looks like the fucking life just got sucked out of him. Like, ooh. Yeah. Like you just received the worst news. Like that could have been like your uh, prostate exam came back positive. Like, it could have been something like that, like kind of a life-changing type of thing where yeah. it's just like, He's floored. Oh, yeah, like, he's floored to say the least. Like now, go play a concert. Apparently, what a lot of people speculate what was written on that note saying, "If you sing a song, like if you sing your next song, we're gonna kill you." Mm-hmm. And what he does, and this this kind of badass, I guess, is like he crumbles up the note and just like puts it in his pocket, and then says his like famous line of like, "I don't sing, I bark," and then continues to play the rest of the yeah the concert. The Alma Enamorada. Yeah, and so. I guess that's what a lot of people say, you know, that song will play a part in some of the conspiracy theories. Which is weird because, like, that song is just talking about, like, love or whatever. It's not even a narco corrido. It's just, like, him, like, fucking pouring his heart out for some girl or whatnot. Yeah. I have my theories, but it's like, how the fuck do you know the set list? Like, (laughs) a lot of people are like, don't play that next song. Yeah. It's not even like when you go see, like, fucking Dillinger Escape Plan, they have, like, the, the set list written down or whatever. It was not that well organized. Yeah, no. It's not like they were like, oh, dang, they're about to play a more Pobito. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like it's, it wasn't that sort of thing. Like, um, it was just, just whatever just you felt. Whatever. Like. I mean, this, the next song could have been like, fucking, this was a cover of a Bob Dylan song or something like yeah, that. And yeah, they would have yeah. been like, damn, dude, I bet that was Bob Dylan's son that killed him. <laughs> but Jacob Dylan. Jacob Dylan. Jacob Lagusta Dylan. <laughs> Dylan, Dill Pickle. <laughs> uh, but anyways, to fast fast forward this moment here. It is a very creepy video. If I do recommend everyone, just go to YouTube, watch the video because it is one of the most like just creepy videos you'll ever see without ever seeing like anything violent or gross or anything on TV. Just to see someone's life just kind of get like sucked, sucked out, out of them by with a video. Um, and he continues to perform and, um, fast forward. Is it the, the following day? That night. That night. So he leaves. Okay. So after they finish up the fucking set list or whatever, right? Uh, he leaves, uh, with his two brothers. Uh, cause we need to say this, this was actually his homecoming 
to Sinaloa, uh, at Culiacan, right? Yeah. Like where he's from, where, you know, previously, like, you know, a couple of years previous to this, he shot, you know, somebody in the cartel for raping his sister or whatever, right? And I guess previous to this, everyone was saying like, no, don't go, don't go there. Don't, you know, you're not welcome. Again, another parallel to another gangster rapper, Notorious B.I.G., when he comes out to L.A., you know, and gets shot or whatever. Like, no, it's not safe to be out here or whatever, right? Everybody thinks you shot Pac or whatever, right? Don't, mm. don't do it, right? And so uh, everyone's telling him this or whatever, right? He gets the note. He leaves immediately or whatever. He leaves with two of his brothers, a cousin, and several young girls or whatever, right? So basically it's, he, he's going off to go party somewhere, right? Um, but later on in that night, they get pulled over by a, a bunch of black su- uh, suburbans. And depending on who tells this story, um, you get different accounts of what happened. The biggest narrative is, is it gets pulled over by a bunch of black suburbans. Uh, and they have a bunch of fake state IDs saying that, Hey, you know, you got to come with us. And some people say that like they wanted to take his brother and he was saying like, no, take me instead. And they're like, Oh, we'll just, we'll bring you right back. It's just the boss wants to talk to you or whatever. Right. But, and in some versions it's, you know, um, a little racist. It was a bunch of black guys that pulled mm-hmm. him over or whatever, right? And they were, you know, going to do their thing with the young women that they were with, whatever. And I just think that's just like a racist chief may that it gets fucking... Yeah. Like, I didn't hear that. Yeah. Where'd but, you hear that, dude? DuckDuckGo? <laughs> yeah, DuckDuck. <laughs> Sam Tripoli. <laughs> SamTripoli.com. J- Jacob's like on fucking like racist Reddit, dude. Like, <laughs> <laughs> What's fucking Trump's social media platform? <laughs> what was it? What's what's his social media called? Uh, Tru- truth.com or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on there. That's that's that version. Tucker Carlson. TuckerCarlson.com. The Reddit, uh, subreddit. Uh, but yeah, no, the, the big narrative is, is yeah, the people, you know, posing as, you know, state trooper, Mexican state troopers or whatever, pulls them over or whatever. And he tells like his brother and whatnot. And his brother's actually on YouTube talking about the yeah, night. I saw that. Yeah. Which is super creepy because he's by a fucking Dodge Dakota as well telling yeah. his story. And um, he's saying like, yeah. And they, he said he was going to be right back and he never comes back and whatnot. And um, the next day in the morning, like early, early in the morning, yeah. two farmers find him in a ditch uh, blindfolded and they can tell like his hands were like you know bound together because you know how like when you when circulation is cut off to your hands like you have like the imprints of like you know whatever's cutting it off in there you can tell that there was ropes or whatever and he was shot two times in the back of the head they find him uh, in an irrigation ditch on the outskirts of town man that's brutal dude yeah which is very much execution style that is execution calling style. card from the cartel kind of thing oh my god dude I can only imagine like First of all, I can only imagine it'd be those two farm workers, right? Yeah. You're showing up to work. You're just clocking in. Yeah. You got your fucking, like, you got a big abuel- old thermos. Chocolate abuelita yeah. filled ter- thermos. You're ready to go for your day. You got your one, like, little fucking concha ready to go. Yeah. And all of a sudden, oh my God, another body. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> another <laughs> you, one. What do you think? I, I got to clean this now? It's like, <laughs> I'm not cleaning this body. I'm calling the police this time. <laughs> but yeah, it's just like, to that that's a pretty brutal way to die. Yeah. And so I guess now we can talk about some of the speculations. Correct. The cheese man. The, the cheese man. I do like to say that Chilino's son, really quickly, as a quick little side note here, Chilino's son does follow in his in his dad's footprints and start his own narco corrido like career, which tr- is tragically cut really short. I think he dies at age nineteen. Yeah. Um, that ridiculously young. Yeah. Yeah ridiculously young but also was living like a pretty like gangster lifestyle as well so i don't want to say like he was like on the straight and narrow path or anything like that but i just think it was kind of like 
I just want people to know, like, the lifestyle that, that these guys were living was very much, like, fucking brutal lifestyle. Correct. So, anyways, let's talk about some of the theories. Okay. Um, I guess, like, to be Occam's razor here, a lot of theories, like I mentioned earlier when we were talking about, like, it was the homecoming for him back in Sinaloa or whatever. Uh, a lot of people think it was revenge uh, from whatever cartel that El Chapo, not that El Chapo, but the El Chapo that he killed uh, that raped his sister. So they think that, you know, somebody within that organization was like, oh, he's going to come here. And he made it very well known. It's not like it was like a surprise gig, like, surprise, motherfuckers, I'm here to play. No, it was like he was like for weeks letting people know like, hey, I'm coming to fucking he was Sinaloa. On the, he was on the billboard poster holding a fucking <laughs> Desert Eagle in front of a Dodge Dakota, dude. <laughs> it's like, of course that's going to rub people the wrong way. Like, Correct. That dude that got shot had family too, you know? Like, Correct. Um, yeah, no. I, revenge, so, revenge to me, revenge is like the fucking snake that eats its own tail, the, Orisbor- the Ouroboros or whatever. It's yeah. a never-ending circle. So okay, I don't. I'm not saying that that is fact, but of all the conspiracy theories and all the theories that we'll hear about his like death, that to me is the most likely. Correct. I mean, it's a little too much of a coincidence that he like clearly that there was cartel money. Like he was pulled over by like fake federales, and like he was just like taken somewhere, and then very fucking cartel style to like just be thrown in the ditch, mm-hmm. like what's the other like option like so he fucking he, he fucking ate the wrong thing dude like <laughs> i don't know like he was allergic to mayonnaise we didn't know so like he loved to sing about how much jacob loved that shit he's like i've never tried mayonnaise i sing about it but i never tried it i guess i'll try it tonight and then he fucking od'd on that shit and it blew his head it blew literally blew his mind yeah uh, so, I, I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. I think that, I mean, there's other theories, but I think that this is the most likely theory. I do, too. And that's why I said Occam's Raiders. Now, yeah. is it the sexiest theory? No, but it's it's the simplest theory that exists out there. Yeah. So, But the sexiest theory... Literally. It, ...is the uh, that there was a love triangle. Mm. He was about to play... What was the name of the song he was about to play? Like Alma Enamorada. Alma Enamorada. The... the a, lo- a soul that is in love. Yeah. But um, but basically, I guess people believe that he had fallen in love with the wife of a cartel's, sorry, yeah, a cartel's, like, boss. A cartel's wife, yeah. Yeah, a cartel boss's wife, and that he was having a love affair with her. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying he didn't have love affairs with other women. I'm, I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did. His traveling musician sounds like he's kind of a scummy dude. Yeah. Uh. The world before uh, fucking the internet again. Yeah. yeah. Before condoms existed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but like, he was, I'm sure he was doing some scummy shit. But I think even he would have a little bit common sense to, like, mess with a fucking, you know, like, kingpin style, like, boss's wife kind of thing. You know, like, and this is like Marcel's Wallace's wife shit. Correct. That's what I was thinking about, too. And this, like I mentioned when you suggested this topic, I was like, oh, shit, we were just talking about this in the barbershop. Like, everyone was talking about their theories about, like, who killed Chilino Sanchez. And while you're getting your hair cut there, like, you know, there's TVs playing. And one of the barbers, usually my barber, he's, like, picking out, like, what music video, like, everybody's watching or whatever. And he put on, you know, that Death Note video. And everybody's just kind of, like, watching it. And they're like, and after he gets done playing, everyone everyone just kind of goes into their theories about, like, who killed him, why they killed him or whatnot or whatever, right? Everyone kind of like lands on like it's some cartel shit 
But like one guy that like made like the biggest case for this one was it was just like, oh yeah, it was because he was messing around with a cartel's wife. And like everyone was like, nah, 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 it wasn't that or whatever. And he's like broke it down like to a science. Like he said it was a, a Don Rigoberto Campos or whatever, right? Like it was somebody he was working for in Inglewood, right? So he was running drugs from in Inglewood, but they were both from Sinaloa. And so like that's how they had that connection or whatever. And he was basically protecting him from El Chapo's people in the cartel, you know, down there and whatnot. And I guess the story goes one day, you know, they're in Inglewood. They're like at a car wash or whatever. You know, the Don's like counting money or whatever he's doing and whatnot. And his wife runs in, you know, like with her shirt, like all messed up and her makeup smeared and whatnot. And it was just like, oh, my God, Chilino tried to rape me and whatnot. And uh, Chilino like had to run in after the after her and say, like, no, she's lying. Like she tried to make the moves on me. And I said, no, I'm an honorable man. I got a Don at home. Like I'm mm-hmm. not ever trying to fucking, you know, stick my dick in anything. That's not my wife or whatever. And so I guess like this Don or whatever, like his story is like almost podcast worthy as well because the guy started going into how like, you know, uh, another cartel uh, ground up his arms in like one of those like tree chopper things or whatever. And like he had like these two like mechanical arms, like those like, you know, those claws. Yeah, so he could still shoot a gun. Yeah. And so like he was like known as like the the fastest guy. Like he was like Doc Holliday or whatever before his arms got fucking you know, chopped up in the tree chopper or whatever, right? But he was even better with the steel, like, after that because he had these, like, two mechanical arms, like the Winter Soldier and shit. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, he, like, went to go get his guns or whatever. And, again, just like, the, you know, the first story where, you know, he kills, you know, El Chapo, like, he just starts running for his life. And that's why he never went back to Inglewood or whatever, right? And that when he played that venue in Sinaloa, it was actually that Don's orders that, you know, he took away all of his protection from uh, El Chapo or whatever, right? But the only problem with that is, and that, and then in a barbershop setting, like where you, you don't have access to your phone or Wikipedia or anything like that, uh, when you hear that, that's like very compelling. Like I can see that playing out. You meant, you made a fucking Pulp Fiction reference or whatever, right? And the only problem with that is, is that that Don died in like this big elaborate fucking like cartel shootout kind of thing or whatever before Chilino ever went to Sinaloa. So it's kind of like, again, it's just like a bunch of gossip, a bunch of cheese, man, if you will. It's a cool story, yeah, but... It's a cool story, dude. I wonder where his arms are. Who kept the arms? Fucking, they used it as fucking mulch, like at someone's house and shit, right? Well, what do you mean, the the metal arms? Oh, you're talking about the Winter Soldier arms? Yeah. They're in Wakanda. N- yeah. No, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> That'd be a cool, like, artifact to own, like... Just, just as someone who likes to collecting dumb shit, I like to collect that guy's like metal arms. I'm sure they're like in like some mob museum. Like I know in Vegas they have like a mob museum where they have like all these fucking artifacts from like the, the mob in Vegas or whatever and shit. Like I'm sure like there's something like in Mexico or whatever that has that shit. I don't think so, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that Mexico romanticizes it like that. I think it's a little more like this is active, this is happening right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but anyways. Well, that's an interesting theory. You have other theories. Those are actually the only two theories that I that I came across. Um, another one is kind of like it's a very simple uh, aliens. Yeah, it was aliens. Uh, insert uh, meme right here. Uh, no, another one is is that it was just basically that like he was talking about too many true stories. So another th- drawing thing about Chilino was is that like a lot of his songs, like it wasn't like made up shit or whatever, right? Like you. you I mentioned like N.W.A. and like all these other fucking gangster rappers or whatever, right? A lot of those stories are like 
based on truth or completely made up or whatever. Nobody listens to natural born killers by Ice Cube and Dr. Dre and thinks like that's like a real thing. Like fucking, you know, Dr. Dre and Ice Cube fucking murdering motherfuckers or whatever, right? Like, no, that's just, that was shit was made in the studio or whatever, written by Snoop Dogg in the DOC or whatever, right? No, but like Chilino, he was actually like talking about like verbatim about fucking incidents that went down or whatever. And kind of like, like the Italian mob, the La Costa Nostra or whatever, right? Like, it's silence. Like, you're not supposed to talk about a lot of the stuff that's going on. And Chilino was kind of acting as, like, fucking the street reporter, if you will. Kind of putting, like, these songs and everybody's business out there and whatever, right? And so one theory is, is just that it was just, there was just too many songs. They were putting too many names out there. And, like, even if he was talking about somebody in a good light, like a certain cartel member, it could have rubbed somebody else the wrong way. Or he just put too much of somebody's business out there. And when they saw him in Sinaloa, again, one of the craziest places, you know, for this cartel activity, uh, they just said, you know what? You're done. Like, you need to either stop singing with this note or we're fucking going to kill you. And again, like Art said, he kept singing and boom, they just said, okay, you're silenced now. Yeah, I guess I could see that. That's possible, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's definitely somebody with money. I mean, it has it was, to be. It, it's not a nobody that killed him. Yeah, we can deduct that it was probably somebody within the cartel. We just don't know which direction yeah, it was yeah. in, right? Uh, another theory is, and I don't believe this one at all, because like you said, it has to be somebody with money. It was some, it was a hitman hired by the family of Eduardo Gallegos, the the guy that shot at him at Coachella and whatnot, right? Hmm. But, I mean, again, another sexy theory. I'm pretty sure, like, in some barbershop out there or whatever, like, they're laying it down and making this elaborate, cool, sexy story about, like, how that makes sense or whatever, that four months later that, you know, you would have them hit. The only problem with that is, is, like, there's, like, no uh, connection to, you know, the cartel or that Eduardo Gallegos even had, like, that kind of pull. <laughs> yeah. He was just, like, some drunk asshole, like, at a fucking concert or whatever. That'd be like saying, like, art had Tupac killed or whatever, right? Like, the, like the, the, just the connection just doesn't match. Yeah, I mean, I could see if he had, like, ties to the cartel. Like, if it was, like, someone's cousin or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. that is enough That is enough to, like, take it over the edge mm-hmm. to be like, oh, that's that motherfucker, like, and he killed my cousin. Like, you know, it's it's one of those respect things. I could, I could see that, but I still think that the fact that it happened where it happened... I think if if he was ever like in Coachella again, it would make more sense, or in like California in general again. Correct. Like he's like, oh, he's playing the the Leno Music House tonight. <laughs> it's like we got to get that fool kind of thing, you know? Like, <laughs> but you know, in Sinaloa, like you know who the boss is. Like especially because it happened in Sinaloa. Like mm-hmm. there's like there's the the police, like the mayor, the president, and then the cartels up here. Yeah. And nothing happens without the authority of the cartel that runs it. In, in that town, specifically in that town. The fact that, like, we're even, like, humoring other possibilities is just, like, shows you how powerful the cartel is. It's just, like, no, dude, there's, like, one big fish here, and we all know it, and we're all just, they they run it, and they'll never be caught because it's, they fucking run the city. To quote Jay-Z, we run the city. <laughs> but it's just, like, I, I don't know. I, I just think, like, um... I think that I think that that's it. I mean, cartels definitely deserve its own episode one day. Oh, I, I don't I don't really want to touch that topic too much, but like, but it is super interesting. Like mm-hmm. the magnitude and the power that cartels bring worldwide. Yeah, it's just like it's 
it's it's different. We've never seen it, especially now with the age of technology. Like we've we experienced the mob and its effects on like the politics in the United States, but not to this level. Like the mob never said, "Well, we're just gonna hang a bunch of people until you guys give it, <laughs> make it our way," kind of thing. And, like blow up yeah. buildings and like take over an entire town. Like you know, like a, a town really the size of like a Dallas, Texas kind of thing. You know, it's like right. we've never seen that. You know, but it's kind of weird that that is happening, like, literally in the last, like, five years. But I don't know. I mean, I think that's who did it. Well, there's um, one more thing. Well, there's two more theories. One, yeah, yeah. One more that I'll, you know, just glass over real quick. Again, like anybody else that's fucking died that's important to people's lives or whatever, like Tupac or Elvis or whatever, right? He faked his death. He's on He's on fucking that island oh. with Tupac and fucking Elvis and whatnot. He wasn't that rich, dude. Yeah, I know. So um, what sucks, though, like you, you mentioned that is, is that when he got shot the first time, he started like getting all of his affairs in order and whatnot, and he actually sold his entire catalog uh, to the record company that it was, I think it was called Mozart or whatever. He uh, sold it to them for $150,000, like all of his music or whatever, right? So no royalties or whatever. It was just like one lump sum payment for $150,000 because he was just like basically like the talk, the, the clock is ticking kind of thing. And I had to buy my family like a house or something or whatever and buy some life insurance or whatever, like Mutual of Omaha and whatnot. How much, how much do you think that is now with inflation? Probably like close to half a million? Mm, probably. But the, the thing that sucks is, is that in, in death... Like he could have, his music could have generated like multi millions, if not billions of dollars, with how, like how much it gets played oh, yeah, and licensed absolutely. and whatever. And like his wife, his widow, whatever, on that podcast, like I sent you, she was just like, "Yeah, we didn't, we don't see any of it. Like it's when he died, like that was it. Like and then we yeah, basically just had to start over with like whatever we had or whatever, right? But <laughs> to your point, like he wasn't that rich, whatever, right? He sold his shit for one hundred fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars or whatever, right? So, yeah, there's no way I think he faked his death. But uh, one theory that's, like, hot on the fucking uh, Reddits or whatever Uh is that, okay, it follows the fucking, the one, the narrative that we can agree on that, you know, the cartel did it is basically you'd have to believe that Chilino was working with somebody within a cartel as well, right? Whether this is true or not. And this is what Nacho, his accordion player, believes as well is that he got basically framed for a murder that he didn't commit or whatever, right? So whether you believe that he was about that life or he wasn't, or maybe he just stuck his toe into that life and whatnot, just enough to give him some kind of credibility uh, is irrelevant because the narrative of this theory is is that uh, he basically gets framed for killing Rene Escobar. Now, Rene Escobar, he was working, not that Escobar, he was working for, you know, a cartel, and basically they were kind of, it was like spy versus spy kind of thing, right? Chilino basically was somebody that was taking taxes for the cartel, you know, guy that he was working for. And Rene was taking taxes for, you know, the cartel guy he was working for and whatnot, right? And, you know, they were basically told to X each other out. Chilino got to Rene first and killed him. Now, Obviously, Nacho says like there wasn't any, there wasn't enough time in the day for fucking Chilino to be able to do that or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. It's cool, to, you know, it adds some street cred to his name, but like that just wasn't possible. He wasn't out there just like being a hitman, hiring motherfuckers, and then going to fucking Aldo's and Delano and fucking, you know, fucking, you know, making music for the devil to dance to or whatnot, right? That just doesn't happen. But the narrative is is that Valdemar Escobar, Renee's older brother, very much believed that that's what Chilino did. Like he killed his brother. That's who the people are saying killed him. And so Rene or Valdemar Escobar 
again, a cartel member who got arrested with the El Chapo when, you know, El Chapo got fucking arrested, had him killed or killed him <coughs> himself. And there's actually like a song uh, that I guess that was written by Los Cachores, ca- Los, Los Cachorros mm-hmm. de Juan Villarreal. Shut up. Hey, that's pretty good. <laughs> hey, I, I, I gave you props for trying, dude. Yeah, called El Cantante. And I guess, like, it's a veiled message about revealing. And I guess, like, people, like, on Reddit or whatever, like, were deciphering it or whatever. Kind of like a, a Cicada 3301. Like, it was a big puzzle. Yeah, yeah. And it was rumored that, like, within, like, that song, like, it, it was it was basically, like, saying, like, all these, like, the, these these uh, secretive words that if you decipher this song, like, you'll get Chilino's fucking killer, which ends up being, like, Valdemar Escobar or whatever, right? So, like... They write this song, and, like, I guess that's the theory that, like, his accordion player believes, like, this is a person that killed him. And then, like, a lot of people, like, on Reddit believe, too, as well, is that, you know, Valdemar Escobar was the man behind Chilino's death. Who has who has ties to the cartel, right? Correct. Yeah, he worked with the El Chapo. Yeah. I mean, I could see that. That's very possible, that's yeah. Very possible, yeah. That's just putting, like, a name to the cartel, I guess. But, like, yeah, I mean, that's possible, yeah, for sure. But it's kind of like that whole Biggie theory where it's just like, in a way, Biggie died because he was falsely accused of killing Tupac. And a super fan killed him, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's, I mean, that's pretty much like the, the facts that we know about Biggie's murder was like, yeah, he came, he went to fucking LA when he probably shouldn't have, like when the heat was high or whatever. And he was trying to be like, you know, above all of that. And then somebody that believed a, an untrue narrative that, you know, Biggie had something to do with Tupac's murder popped him the same with fucking Chilino that somebody believed that Chilino fucking killed this dude's brother he was a part of the cartel whether it was true or not he was out for vengeance uh, for his brother yeah dude have you ever been to the automotive museum yeah it's like where Biggie was shot yep dang every time I see the automotive museum I'm just like man I can't believe I, I can't believe that happened here like it, it saddens me I'm not even a I'm not even a Biggie fan, like a a huge Biggie fan, right? Mm-hmm. But like, like it it just it's so weird. Like I can't believe that time period in, in like music happened, where like like East Coast West Coast happening. Is it like the Source Music Awards or whatever? Mm-hmm. Where like Snoop Dogg goes, out, "You ain't got no love for the West Side" or whatever. And yeah, it's like, for Dr. Dre and Death Row. Yeah, it's like, man, that is like. Let's I know I know we've talked we did we talked about Tupac's death and then we spent like ten minutes talking about Biggie's death at the end too, but like probably the East Coast, West Coast like hip hop thing deserves its own episode. Again, yeah. Right before Halloween starts, before we can squeeze <laughs> all of those. No, that that definitely in. is something. And what's sad about that is too, and again this ties into Chilino or whatever. Like everything that like all these like bullet points that we're talking about, like there's like a gangster rap equivalent to it out there as well like you were talking about like the you know the the museum where fucking biggie got shot at we were at that museum a couple years back i googled you know where exactly you know that suv got shot that had biggie in it and it's just such a mundane street there's like nothing there like you would think like hollywood right quote unquote hollywood they would have something there to commemorate like this is where history music history took place Mm -hmm. whatever in the entertainment capital of the world nothing there's nothing there there's like a better call saw fucking billboard or whatever right there yeah. nothing commemorate it even like where tupac got shot like i always heard rumors about like they there just was like, built a taco bell over it dude yeah like there was like rumors that there was like a star painted like in the middle of the street or whatever you go there like flamingo and caval or whatever nothing like there's like stripper cards there or whatever it's like the biggest mundane thing yeah 
And to tie this into Chilino, like that podcast I was telling you about, it's called Idolo, right? That's for anybody that wants to check it out. Uh, they were talking about how like in Sinaloa, we're talking about like the cartel culture that, you know, their mausoleums or whatever are like some of the nicest in the world. Like there's air conditioning, there's Wi-Fi, like there's refrigerators, there's like a barbecue pit or whatever, right? Because it was like the, in death, like they, 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 it's just so flamboyant. Like they take care of like their cartel, their cartel members or whatever. Like it's kind of like ancient Egypt or whatever, right? But with Chilino, it's like this big like whatever, you know. Uh, and I you you can Google it, you can look it up or whatever, and it's just like this just like very sloppy fucking you know uh, headstone and whatnot and like it's not even like a place like like where john morris or not john morrison uh jim morrison jim morrison yeah not the wrestler but the singer jim morrison's gravestone like where it's like this big pilgrimage or whatever where like fans flock to fans don't even flock to it and it's because like the cartel like they've made it known that this is where we dump bodies at so to to this day like when somebody like gets killed by the cartel that's where you can find dumped bodies at is on Chilino's grave. Dang, that's pretty brutal, dude. Yeah. That is brutal. And that's how you end the episode, everybody. Man, you got me thinking about all these graves now. Like, have you ever been to the, uh, what's that big uh, one in L.A.? The, uh, oh, Forest Lawn? No, it's like the uh, Hollywood Forever oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. place. It's like, dude, it's beautiful. Like, they have all the, they have Joey Ramones, uh, what's his name, uh, Chris Cornell from Soundgarden, like, they're all there in like these giant like the best is Dio. Yeah, yeah, it's like ridiculous. Like everything is just like wow, it's amazing. Or even the the Jim Morrison one. Or people go to Paris to see that one, and it's like people are always taking like flowers and alcohol and just leaving at his grave. But the one that I've always found mysterious, and maybe this deserves its own episode, is uh, Edgar Allan Poe. Edgar Allan Poe has one in uh, in Baltimore, and apparently. Um, a mysterious figure is like constantly seen. So not a ghost. This is not a ghost. This is not like, oh, we think, no, it's like clearly photographed the same individual, like this black individual, this like cloaked black individual will appear and like disappear. And it's like, well, we know it's not a ghost because it's like physically here and yeah. like leaving footprints. So we know it's a person, but nobody knows why it happens and nobody knows. Maybe it could just be some goth kid, but man, this goth kid is like, tricking some elaborate things to get in and out of this cemetery without ever being discovered. Very interesting, like little, like, you know, would make for a good mini episode, but mm -hmm. very, very interesting of like the, the, the Edgar Allan Poe, like visitor. Wow. So it just hit me. It's in Baltimore. Yeah. Is that why they're called the Ravens? Yeah. You didn't know that? No. I was just like, he's, well, that's a yeah, he's a, he's a, uh, he's a, he's a Baltimore native. Oh, I thought he was like from like fucking, England or some shit. No, he's a Baltimore. You know what? Edgar Allan Poe. That, is the, that makes me like the Ravens just a little bit more. He, here's the cool thing about not only does uh, the Ravens name after his poem, the Raven, but Baltimore native. He has a weird hit, like mystery around his death. We should cover him. I'm not even joking. Like the mystery we get of Sam Sharon on because I know he's a big fan. of Oh, him. let's do that. That'd be so perfect because like the mystery of his death is super weird. Like. And, and for some reason, every time I think of Edgar Allan Poe, I always imagine that he was, like, in, like, London in, like, the yeah. 1840s or whatever. Jack the Ripper and shit. Yeah. yeah, when it's like, oh, it's really in the United States in, like, 1902 or whatever. Like, Down the street from the Capitol yeah, and like, shit. Oh, dude, you guys already had fucking espressos by then, dude. Like, <laughs> it wasn't that long ago. Like, 
it's for some reason I maybe just because he looks very old timey. Correct. Yeah. But like, really, it's like, oh, dude, like fucking like, Anne Frank was rolling around this time, <laughs> like, <laughs> like I don't know, like shit was popping off, like World War One. Frank. Like I don't know. I'm trying. Did you know that Anne Frank and Martin Luther King were born at the same time? But for some reason, people think of Anne Frank as being like this, like ancient, ancient history. Yeah. But like. Martin Luther King, because there's photographs of him in color, people always think of like, oh, he's a little more modern. He's a little more 70s. Where, you know, yeah, like, yeah. But I'm trying to think there was another one too. I think I think it was like, I'm trying to think. Someone told me this and it tripped me out. I think it was like Anne Frank, Martin Luther King, and like David Bowie were all born on the same day or something like that. No way. And like they were all the same age. Obviously like all died different time periods, but yeah. they're all kind of viewed as like, different time period in their lives kind of thing you know mm-hmm. obviously Anne Frank died very young during the holocaust <laughs> and then like Martin Luther King more in the 70s and then David 60s. Bowie was like yeah just recently know, yeah. yeah died but died of like cancer old age kind of thing you know correct like, yeah but uh very differently viewed man but anyways Chilino hope you guys enjoy Salino Sanchez dude Jacob likes me gusta la mayonesa La mayonesa con huevos. <laughs> Sounds delicious, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Guys. I'm fucking hungry. It's dinner time, baby. So uh, with that said, Art, do you got anything else you want to add to this? Tell you about me, Booba 2. Shout out to Lizzie Jackman. Shout out to Warren. Uh, shout out Dave Moten. You know, he's our hearts are with you, Dave Moten. I was actually, no joke, I wanted to reach out to Dave Moten to have him on a podcast to, like, talk about Nine Inch Nails, but then I was like, yeah, it's not the time. Yeah. Let's let's back away from that for now. But Dave Moten from the world famous Silver King podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, Send all the love and good vibes your way, man. Yeah, and that's it. That's er- everyone else on Earth. Keep doing what you're doing. I yeah. guess. Shout out to uh, Alejandra, or one of our best listeners, or whatever. She's uh, uh, going through some stuff right now. Yeah, I don't know. Want to put all of her business out there? I don't know if I, <laughs> we're we're allowed to do that. Uh, HIPAA law or whatever, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but shout out to you. We love you. We lo- you know appreciate Keep all doing, of your support I'm, over the years. I'm glad she like nobody shares our stuff like that. To me, that's that means more than like the Patreon, like paying for the Patreon all that stuff. Like just sharing it and like posting like the fact that she comes out and like shares it and then calls me a fucking hater, even though I'm just spilling the truth, dude. <laughs> I'm just a messenger, all right. Mm. If you don't like the truth, go listen to Tucker Carlson. Um, <laughs> But like, well, yeah. but but it does mean a lot to me that she's like willing to like share it and like always, dude. Like she is the most constant sharer. So shout out to her. She's doing the Lord's work. Yeah. So shout out to her. Uh, these these next few episodes are dedicated to you. So shout out to her. Shout out to everybody out there. And speaking of sharing, guys, I need everybody to head on over to the social medias. We got we got the Instagrams. We got the Facebooks. We got the Twitter. Head, head on everywhere. To Art and Jacob at Art and Jacob Do America, except for Twitter, we are at Art and Jacob Do A One. I share all of our episodes there. It's very simple, guys. Just press retweet, share, screenshot that shit, copy the fucking you know podcast link, put it in your fucking story or whatever. Do that for us. That helps us immensely. If you want to get at us, you want to you know talk about you know your theory about who killed Chalino or uh, some other thing that we forgot to add on here or whatever, right? Just hit us up there. I'll respond to all of the DMs or whatever, right? So hit us up there. Uh, if you want to help support this podcast, we do have a Patreon. 
uh, where Jesus Gutierrez, probably our second biggest fan, uh, he went from $15 to $1 back to $10. Yeah. So shout out to him and everything that he does. Or Got whatever, that right? SSI check. <laughs> 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 that shit hit on the first, baby. Uh, the first of the month. Uh, but shout out to him. Uh, if you guys want to support this podcast, head on over to patreon.com slash Art and Jacob Do America. $1 a month gets you access to 200 or 112 episodes, uh, 113 now, I believe. Uh, but every single week we put out a bonus episode for your listening pleasure where we give, you know, our thoughts and, you know, prayers and all of our, like, uh, opinions like on shows and shit like just the the, the more loosey goosey stuff that yeah. uh, we don't talk about like on the actual episodes but if you like these episodes that you're hearing for free head on over to Patreon one dollar a month get you a bonus episode every single week and nine times out of ten those episodes are better than the actual episode that you're hearing for free this week I don't know what it is dude this week I feel like I'm just stumbling all over my words and shit I feel like uh, you did good I- I'll be honest with you this is kind of a weird recording time for us we never. We either do nighttime or morning time. This is like middle of the daytime. Yeah, it's like post lunch, like yeah. pre dinner time or whatever. This is like when America's Game of the Week is played. Yeah, it's like uh, fucking my blood sugar doesn't know what to do. Troy Aikman's over here like masturbating in the corner or whatever. Yeah, it's like some weird, like two weird AFC teams. I don't care about here. We go. The Chargers and the and the fucking Raiders. Like here we go. Here we go again. Ugh. Isn't that what the one o'clock time slot in the NFL is always like? It is always like. AFC boring nap time game of the week kind of thing. Time to see the Kansas City Chiefs play the Washington Commanders. <laughs> oh man, here comes a blowout. Just put, just give Patrick Mahomes his like forty-two fantasy points already and get it over with. Yeah. So uh, head on over to Patreon if you want those bonus episodes where we talk about that. Uh, guys, if you want to help support this podcast in any other way, guys, I highly recommend heading on over to the website at orangejacobdoamerica.com. Follow the merch links. Uh, where Art has put together a lovely website. Uh, it'll take us to our T Public store. Uh, buy a T-shirt if you don't want to support us on the Patreon and whatnot, right? Like I, to me, like that, I understand that. Like I don't even, I don't even like do Patreon to my favorite podcast or whatever. But if you want to help support us, you know, buying a T-shirt or buying a COVID mask or a hat or a satchel or whatever with our fucking logo on it, it goes a long way. It's like you're a walking billboard, if you will. It's kind of like sharing on social media. Episodes. It lets the world know that we exist or whatever, right? Uh, but guys, if you want to hear other great podcasts, guys, head on over to podbelly.com where we are official members of the Podbelly Network. So check out all the episode or all the fucking shows over there. Uh, check out, like Art said earlier, the world famous Selfie King episodes uh, podcast. God damn I'm it. Gonna, I'm going to listen to their uh, MS-13 episode, though. That is a creepy fucking episode. I will say that. That's probably my favorite fucking episode. The really? Episode, I'm going to so. I'm gonna fucking listen to it on my way home. Right yeah, now. get that. Uh, check out them, Hillbilly Horror Stories, and Robots Ride. But other than that, guys, I'm fucking tired, dude. I'm stumbling over my words worse than Brendan Schaub over here and shit. So <laughs> so with that said, everybody, goodbye. And I don't know if I should do the fucking gun salute, but anyways, I'll do it. So goodbye and good night. Thank you. It's almost Cinco de Mayo, motherfucker. Tell you when me and LT make one of these things, don't go. You gotta make us one, LT. Just listen to it. This is Chalino Sanchez.
person like that, man, uh, it's like this. Then who gives a fuck about those? So just chill to the next episode.